Welcome to Real Tech Hours, the podcast where we talk about tech during Real Tech Hours. Today, you know, we, again, we don't have a lot to talk about as last time, just because, you know, not a lot has happened. Some interesting things have happened, but there's not something with a lot of substance to it that has happened. So we're going we're gonna to cover a few things, and then, you know, today, later on, we've got a live stream if you'd like to catch for AMD's GPU event, which we've been talking about a lot it's occurring today at noon Eastern time. If you want to catch it, watch it yourself on YouTube. Uh, just type in AMD, hit up their thing. It's called Where Gaming Begins, Episode 2. Um, but first, if you have a question, comment, topic you want to see discussed, or just want to reach out, send an email to realtechhourspodcast at gmail.com. That is realtechhourspodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter at realtechhours to stay up to date with the podcast. So what's coming up? Obviously, as I said, AMD's GPU event. Occurring today, uh, Nvidia 3070 drop occurring tomorrow, and then something I didn't list it but occurred yesterday. My Pixel 5 is on its way. It'll be here in two days now. It's supposed to arrive on the 30th. I'm also getting a Google Wi-Fi setup, so I'm going to let you all know about that. But I'm super excited for both those items. They're coming early, earlier than expected. The uh, Pixel does indeed launch tomorrow on the 29th. It's official first day that it'd be available considering it got delayed um but yeah i'll be having mine the day after that so what tomorrow is thursday and i'll be having it on friday hopefully as well goes as planned as long as fedex you know keeps their word but anyways by the time that i come back next to you what i'm trying to say is that i should have a pixel 5 in hand and be able to talk about it at least a little bit so what has happened since last time tesla launched their full self-driving beta and i've got to say it looks pretty promising obviously there's still a lot of issues and it's not adapt to all situations but the amount of data that they're amassing is becoming insanely large insanely quickly i mean somebody did some of the you know a little bit of research just to find out you know how much they're pulling from these cars i mean it is it is a ton a ton of data and this is exactly you know what tesla really needed to get the full self-driving feature to be feature complete like they've been working towards. You need tons and tons of data for the uh, algorithms and AI to you know, learn to adapt to situations and then for them to be able to iron out little issues that are occurring and, and add new features that they didn't think of before. I mean, they're going to like, it's, it's going to rapidly evolve their full self-driving feature and 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 all the features really of the vehicle and it's just going to get so much better so much quicker now that they have more vehicles that they're pulling data from instead of just little test vehicles that they have driving on some road where nobody else is um, but other than that spacex launched their starlink beta so that opened uh, back on monday people got emails for it it's mostly in the northern states of uh the u.s where they're you know, watching this feature because one, that's where, you know, there's not a lot of options for internet service as it is now. And, uh, you know, before this, they had been handing it out to people over in Washington and in California, um, specifically like um, groups that needed it, like first responders. And there was some uh, Native American tribe, I think in North Washington, um, in Washington state that didn't have, you know, or needed access to uh, Wi-Fi to be able to communicate with other people or something like that. I think in the middle of some 
some fire or something that was occurring up there. I can't remember specifically the story, but I did read about it and I saw it. I thought it was pretty interesting. Uh, and it kind of made sense for them to start out with that because, you know, these people wouldn't have access to Wi-Fi any, anyways. I mean, they would, but it would take a whole lot longer to set it up. Like in the story with the first responders, he was saying how it would take him, uh, you know, 30 minutes to an hour to set up the Wi-Fi signal and it would be super spotty and super slow. And he set up the... You know, he set up the Tesla or the SpaceX terminal for Starlink in like five to ten minutes, and they had solid connection the entire time they needed. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, but this is a public beta, so it's open to people. People got emails back on Monday. It's not clear how many people did get emails. Um, but the service is listed for $99 per month with a $499 initial fee to purchase the user terminal that brings the service into your house. And they stated the user should expect somewhere between 50 to 150 megabytes per second with a latency of 20 to 40 milliseconds. And, and this is, you know, something we've been expecting from them for a while. We got some uh, little teaser tests that leaked onto some um, internet connection websites where they where you test your internet connection and it kind of like maps it based on your provider and where you are. And, you know, these are very similar numbers to what we're seeing. And obviously this is way better than what the people were getting beforehand because before they either had no option, they either had the, the deep space satellite, which gives you like 50 times the latency with, you know, 10 to 20 megabytes per second at best. Uh, I mean, they're they're just absolutely terrible, and you know this is light years ahead of that. Um, for other things that have happened since then, Quibi, the short form streaming service, has shut down. For those of you who don't know, Quibi was supposed to be a new streaming service providing new content that is uh, a shorter form. So you know, 10 minutes was, I believe, their their um, goal time for each episode. And yeah, I mean, we all knew this. It was pretty much dead at launch. They announced that they're investing a billion dollars in streaming. And at the time, it was like, whoa, holy cow, a billion dollars. And then we immediately turned around and the competition starts investing 8 billion, 12 billion, 15 billion, 20 billion. I mean, they were just dropping insane amounts of numbers from Netflix, Prime, even Apple was dropping some serious cash. So it, it was immediately dead at, at launch. There was just no chance for, for this thing. They would have needed monstrous cash infusion. And I mean, they would have had to pull an absolute banger out, but it just wasn't happening. And finally, something interesting, considering we talked about OLED TVs in the last one, Disney signed a three-year deal with LG to use their OLED panels. So it's not very clear to me from reading the article, you know, what's supposed to be occurring here, but they're supposed to make new experiences in movies happen. I don't know what that means. I don't know if it means that they're going to be uh, using the OLEDs to master their movies. I highly doubt it. Um, but I'm assuming they're going to try to do something with the contrast and the dynamic range that OLEDs provide um, to try to integrate that into the movie or, or something. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll really have to see with this one. It, it's not very clear. But hey, they designed a three-year deal with LG to use their OLED panels when developing their movies. So I thought that was kind of interesting considering we talked about OLEDs last time. Anyways, let's get into today's topic. So the first one is obviously EVE devices, like I mentioned last time. It is the small little company that I did order a very expensive monitor from uh, called the Eve Spectrum and uh, really I want to talk about them because they did come up on my radar a long time ago back when they dropped the Eve 5. Now this was uh, a Microsoft Surface competitor at a compelling price you know it's not too expensive and uh, their main claim to fame 
is that all of their designs are crowdsourced. So basically, I had to check it out on their website because I just wasn't sure, you know, how they would pull these things off. They have this monstrous, monstrous forum post for each device. And they have a couple of them, actually. But the one that I was looking for was this monstrous forum post where they're going through it and they're breaking down step-by-step step, some of the different design features and language of these devices and specific components and asking people okay you know for example do you would you rather have you know dual front fire or how how would you like your speakers dual front firing uh on the sides that are out of the way on the back so you know i get some bounce off some wall or something like that and basically they put up polls with each of the different options that they can give to people and people will go ahead and vote i mean like there were a couple hundred people voting on these things uh, on each different topic and you know obviously whichever one wins out is the one they go with and i thought that was just kind of interesting and uh so back when the e5 popped up on my radar it was seemed like an interesting device i was looking at surfaces at the time i was very interested in buying one um, but you know at that point just even the Microsoft Surface and the E5 were just out of my price range. And so now here we are, just bring forward to 2020. That was, like, what, two or three years ago, I think, for the E5, the original one. Spring forward to 2020. They're working on the Eve Spectrum. It is a monitor with some excellent specs. So let's look at them. We got 4K. It's a 27-inch IPS panel. It's an LG panel. Uh, it's got HDR10 and Vaser Display HDR600 certified. It's millisecond response time, 144 hertz, G-Sync, FreeSync Premium, uh, HDMI 2.1, DisplayPoint 1.4. Um, there are two other options, like I mentioned last time. There's a uh, 1440p version and a oh shoot let me look really quick i thought it was and then i don't think there's a 1080 is there yeah no there's two 1440p options one at 144 hertz and one at 240 hertz and then obviously the 4k 144 hertz which i chose um those are the three options and you know the prices do vary you know to go from 144 hertz on the 1440 to 240 it's a hundred fifty dollar jump whereas the jump to 4k 144 is only an extra hundred dollars compared to the 240 hertz monitor um, but you know it, it is interesting and i had been looking at monitors and i was like screw it you know we're just gonna go for a top of the line one i really don't have to mess with it i was highly interested in getting a 1440p uh, monitor but i also knew i needed hdmi 2.1 because of the upcoming PS5, which, uh, spoiler alert, I have decided that I will be going with the PC upgrade instead of the PS5 because it looks like most of my squad that I play video games with is going for uh, a PC build this time around. So, you know, that's kind of cool. But yeah, you know, 1440p and 4K, you know, it's kind of like there's a fairly substantial jump. And, uh, you know, with, with the way that things are going, considering how it looks like graphics cards will be next year, it looks like 4K gaming will be a thing next year at, you know, really high uh, frame rates. Like, because we're seeing 4K now at 80 frame rates, at, at 80 frames per second on some games. Like, uh, I know one of the ones AMD Flash for their new graphics card when they unveiled their CPUs that we looked at was uh, Modern Warfare. Uh, specifically Warzone at 88 frames or 86 frames per second at 4K or something like that. And that was crazy. That was really crazy. So, yeah, we, we you know, it's, it's, I, I just want to get ahead of the curve with this one and, and jump straight into it. Um, so, 
Then they delayed the uh, launch of the 4K version. The 4K and the 244Hz versions were supposed to come out in December. I know that at least the 4K one has been delayed until next year in the first quarter, just like the 1440p 144Hz model was supposed to be uh, launching. But this time it does have a specific release date. It's on February 26th which uh, you know obviously seems more solid than late December, so it looks like there shouldn't be uh, any more delays after this. And one of the reasons that they do are having delays is just because of um, some of the parts and, and production constraints and trying to you know tool all the different uh, pieces they need to go ahead and mass produce these things. Um, but then they did mention that one of the things I've kind of found interesting about this whole situation was how they went ahead and said, hey, you know, like, even though we got delayed, here are some of the things that we've been, uh, you know, working on. I'm trying to find the email really quick. Let me do Eve. 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 Let's just type in Eve. See what happens. Eve will be confirmed. Um, yeah, but basically they were talking about how some of the orders that they've been making like it was difficult for them to get rolling orders on uh spectrum sorry i'm trying to find this email so i can actually tell you guys what it is why i'm i'm lost man my poor email account i can't find anything in this thing Anyways, one of the things they were talking about was getting rolling orders on specific components for their devices. It was like the HDMI 2.1 scalers are uh, the longest, one of the longest lead time things. So basically, if you don't know what lead time is, lead time is uh, how long in advance you have to order something before it actually comes in. So uh, when you're building something obviously you know like uh let's say a house for example uh, now we'll, we'll stick with the monitor when you're building a monitor the panel may come in on the first day but if you have to wait until the third day for your uh you know actual frame the plastic frame or metal frame that goes around the panel and holds it into place or you know the stand comes in seven days later whatever your l longest rolling device or piece i should say the longest the piece it takes the longest time to get to you that is you know your your real constraint so basically it's going to take you seven days to build this monitor even though most of the parts are there before the final part is there and uh, obviously the, the delay between the time that you order and the time that arrives is called lead time because you want to order in advance you want to order far enough in advance that you can produce these devices uh, quickly and, you know, not have uh, some part be your your constraint and, and be holding you back. Yeah, I can't find the email, so I can't really... I hope that wasn't very confusing because it kind of sounded confusing uh, in my head. But anyways, um, you know, obviously, so HDMI 2.1 ports kind of holding the Mac. That's why most new monitors with this spec aren't dropping until December. You know, you've seen there's like one TV currently available and a handful of monitors, but there's, you know, Acer announced a whole lineup, like three or four monitors, all using HDMI 2.1 points, but they're not launching until December. Uh, it's one of the main uh, constraints right now building these new monitors. But anyways, Eve 
is launching a new E5, like I was previously talking about, a Surface competitor, and they are working on it currently. I, I am going to try to keep my eye on this one and, you know, see what they are talking about. So obviously they've been working on it for a minute since it's been a couple years since the last one. Uh, this one's in development. They've already done a lot of um, posting about it on the forums and, and talking about the design language and things like that. Um, but that's enough for Eve for today. You know, we'll probably talk about them in the future, most definitely. Uh, now let's jump to Facebook, something I haven't talked about in a minute. Facebook Gaming has launched a new cloud streaming service, and I thought this one was interesting, so I just kind of want to briefly mention it. But, uh, you know, obviously it works with a Facebook app, and it downloads smaller games directly to the app. So what do I mean by that? It's like smaller mobile games like Asphalt 9, Solitaire, you know, games like that where you don't need a lot of game data games that aren't triple a games uh or even very large games for mobile where you know it just requires a, a handful of files to be able to run it runs in the facebook app which is uh you know, rather interesting i if they want to go more mainstream with it they should definitely launch its own independent app uh so people but obviously it requires facebook accounts so then i'm against it but still it's very interesting because this is an approach that nobody else is taking. Nobody else is really, you know, launching something like this for mobile apps. Obviously, there are subscription services for mobile apps. You have Apple Arcade. You've got the um, Google Play Pass, those things. But you have to pay for those. I'm pretty sure this is free, uh, at least as far as I've seen. There are options later on down the line for in-app purchases. Facebook is working on that. And Facebook is, you know, adding new games constantly to uh, the streaming service. As I've said, but I just thought this was interesting. I want to throw it out there because it's different than all the other streaming services we've been seeing recently, like Luna and, and Stadia and GeForce Now and, and all those other ones. But now let's talk about something that really blew up uh, in the past week. A creative director at Stadia tweeted out this. He said, streamers worried about getting their content pulled because they used music they didn't pay for should be more worried by the fact that they're streaming games they didn't pay for as well. It's all gone as soon as publishers decide to enforce it. And they followed up by saying the real truth is that the streamers should be paying the developers and publishers of the games they stream. They should be buying a license like any real business and paying for the content they use. <laughs> this instantly got him obliterated i mean this dude got blown out of the water everybody was coming from left right and center hitting this man you know saying you know I, this is a terrible take this is so bad and, and i i personally think it's a terrible take dude this is it it really doesn't make sense that you know so so let's look at it like this so games like uh games that have blown up this year like fall guys and among us if streamers had to pay a licensing fee to uh stream those games those games would have never blown up i mean that's one of the main things about getting your game in the hands of streamers and content creators is because they put it in front of such a large audience that it instantly gives you you know a boost in revenue no matter how tiny and Sometimes it can be gigantic. I mean, these games, some of these games are just drawing monstrous crowds where people are going and watching it, and, you know, then they end up buying the games themselves. And, and for, for somebody like this, especially from Stadia, it's it, it's rather annoying. And to me, it kind of instantly pointed out the lack of direction, of, of true, genuine, like, decent direction over some of these projects. Like, Stadia could be fantastic 
but it doesn't command the space that it occupies. Pixel devices could be fantastic, but they don't really command the space that they occupy. You know, they're getting better, but they don't command the space they occupy. Uh, Google made Chromebooks like the, uh, you know, obviously the basic Google Chromebook. Then they have the the uh, Google uh, Pixel Go, I think, or whatever they call it. I'm not exactly sure. Basically, the, the tiny boy. That's uh, the Pixelbook, sorry, the Google Pixelbook Go, and then the you know premium Pixelbook at the top of the line. They don't command the space they occupy because they're just strange. They're not. I don't know. It's it's Google has such good uh, direction and and execution and effort when it comes to software. And it's so strange how it doesn't translate to hardware at all, it feels like. It's it's like every year we have to hold our breath and hope that they, you know, did a decent job this time around with whatever it is they're launching. And it really makes no sense. I don't understand. They're, they're a monstrous company. They have, you know, such good talent backing some of these projects. And they're struggling so hard with hardware. I don't get it. Like some of these devices, I feel like I could design far better and 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 come up with you know like decent price points and a decent marketing plan for all these devices and say you know like this is how we should launch them. Like the Pixel devices, it, the 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 five should have kept dual front facing speakers and then uh, you know obviously the the very slim bezels around the edge. You just kind of integrate the speakers into uh, the the chassis of the device, kind of like we've seen with some other devices. I believe. LG is the best example of this where they have, you know, the, or no, sorry, the, um, the Asus RG phone. They, they have some of the really nice front facing speakers and they still have ultra thin bezels, something like that. And a pixel device keeping, you know, with the, the design language. And then they've got the whole punch camera at the top. And if they drop the pixel five price by a hundred dollars this year, and they dropped the uh, Pixel 4a priced by $50. I think it could have been these devices could have been a whole lot more compelling and a whole lot more interesting and, and people would have bought them bought them a whole lot more. I mean, it's just I don't know that, that and that's just kind of like throwing something out there. That's, you know, immediately what comes to mind when I when I try to think about changing the Pixel devices. But it, even still, you know, I just don't get it like this dude. This was such a bad take. And then he immediately went on and was started streaming uh like fall guys or something like that i don't remember uh that's his very next tweet i think that was the last tweet actually that he put out for a minute let me go and see if i can if i can check it real quick boom found the original tweets uh it's by oh alex hutchinson on the by the way on uh twitter bang at bang bang click uh yeah he hasn't tweeted since october 22nd uh, yeah. <laughs> Yikes. That's, I gotta say, that's tough. That's big tough. Also, he removed, uh, the fact that he, he removed a direct mention of Stadia from his profile. And I did notice that, uh, Google had distanced itself from, from this, from this dude's comments, saying that they, you know, didn't agree with what he was saying, which... Is monster tough, I've got to say. But with that, you know, we're going to end. We'll finish up today's Real Tech Hours. Uh, so, obviously, today, you know, we didn't look at a lot again. 
you know, it's it's been kind of a little, not very slow in particular, but I mean just like, you know, kind of in a holding pattern until all these other events start popping off. Companies are taking a little break. Uh, basically, we talked about, you know, AMD's GPU event, which is today in two hours from now, two hours and three minutes. You can catch a live stream. There'll be a link in the description of this podcast. It is twitch.tv forward slash Moab Beach. I will be live streaming. Uh, it's, I've got a face cam. I'll be reacting to it. I'll be taking questions in the chat. We'll be talking about it, discussing it. Um, but yeah, so we talked about that. We talked about Tesla launching full self-driving, SpaceX with the Starlink beta. Uh, so I shouldn't say that Tesla with the full self-driving beta, Star- SpaceX with the Starlink beta, Quibi instead, Disney and OLED panels. Then we talked a lot about Eve devices, specifically their Spectrum and their 5. Then we looked at Facebook Gaming and Stadia, there's Creative Director's Tweets, and kind of talked you know, more in general about Google's lack of direction over some of these projects. Um, so as always, you know, if you have a question, comment, topic you want to see discussed, or you just want to reach out, send an email to realtechhourspodcast at gmail.com. That is realtechhourspodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter at realtechhours to stay up to date with the latest podcast news and updates. And as always, you can find the podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.